0: You are listening to a podcast from West Hill United Church, located in Scarborough, Ontario, Canada. These podcasts are made possible by the generous support of our listeners, volunteers, and members of our community. To donate, go to our website, www.westhill.net, and click on the Canada Helps button, or go to www.westhill.net forward slash donate.
1: Rub those chills. Got chills now, I'm sure you do too. Ooh. We wish to acknowledge that we are on the traditional territory of the Mississaugas of the New Credit First Nations lands previously occupied by the Seneca, Huron, Wendat First Nations. Welcome everyone. My name is Ann Jackson, and it's my pleasure to welcome you this morning.
2: We just take a few moments here to remind ourselves what brings us together as human beings and whatever else are the differences, we try to remember that our grounding, our foundation is life itself and all its interconnections, whether they be difficult ones or beautiful ones, that's our world and that's our life. And we keep asking each other and ourselves over and over, how should we live in that web Of life, and the answer keeps coming back to us, and that's why we remind ourselves. No, we don't know it. It's just we drift from it, and so the the guide is love. Is how do we live lovingly in this web of life? And then, since I need more wisdom, and you might I, you might as well. uh, You all look wiser than me at the moment, but
0: uh, share that. That's the way we grow. Grounded, guided, growing. A time for centering, from Scott Kearns.
1: And here are the readings. For today, there are two of them, beginning with James Baldwin. If I I put it here, I can't see the words. (laughs) Love takes off the mask that we fear we cannot live without. And no, we cannot live within. I use the word love here, not merely in the personal sense, but as a state of being or a state of grace, not in the infantile American sense of being made happy, but in the tough and universal sense of quest and daring and growth. And the second reading from bell hooks all about love the new sorry the wounded child inside many males is a boy who when he first spoke his truth was silenced by paternal sadism by a patriarchal world that did not want him to claim his true feelings the wounded child inside many females is a girl who was taught from an early childhood that she must become something other than herself, deny her true feelings in order to attract and please others. When men and women punish each other for truth-telling, we reinforce the notion that lies are better. To be loving, we willingly hear the other's truth, and most important, we affirm the value of truth-telling. Lies may make people feel better, but they do not help them to know love.
0: Focused moments from Greta Bosper.
3: Um, Just by way of a brief introduction, if some of you don't know, how we ended up with these talented people in our midst. Um, some months ago, uh, well, years ago, uh, Dwayne and Randell have been connected with the community. Um, and uh, some months ago, we started talking with them about creating a performing arts center in this space for Scarborough because there is no performing arts uh, space in Scarborough. And so even though we are um, excited about moving forward with the Boys and Girls Club, uh, who are... Uh, Purchasing our building from us. Um, none of it is finalized, but, you know, we're heading there. Um, we still want to be able to provide that very important resource uh, for the community artists uh, in Scarborough. And so we're continuing that conversation. And so today, uh, we're privileged to welcome these artists into our space who will share with us uh, their gifts and we will get to see, uh, except for the um, graphic artist's work, which didn't show up. Um, i got to stop bugging Mark. Um, so they can be uh, in this space, get a feel for it, and begin feeling like they own it, that it's theirs to use, uh, and that we uh, will move forward with that work. That will be the work of West Hill, um, where we'll be obviously working with the Boys and Girls Club, but we'll be doing work with the community that we have longed to do for a very long time. Rudy, you're going to play right when I'm finished this piece, okay? Right. Where were we? Oh, right. Yes. Okay. We're talking about how to survive. How can we, you know, get more people in here? Save us. Keep the place going. Until the last funeral is done. We've been here how long? 70 years this year, and if I recall correctly, this is actually our anniversary Sunday. Happy anniversary, 70 years. Woo. Okay, back to the task at hand. There's a list of suggestions for prolonging the life of your church. It comes from head office. I'll read it. Uh, first, and this one seems to be key, uh, find people who don't go to church. Um, there are some suggestions here. Uh, No sheep stealing, Um, um, that means taking members from other congregations, Uh, yada, 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 yada. Okay, Uh, next, make them believe they need you. Uh, More suggestions. Uh, We'll get a committee to look at these, okay? A committee will look at these. Uh, Bring them in, Uh, nothing here. Um, I guess once you tell them they need you, the rest is straightforward. Have a membership Sunday. We have a special service for that. We don't, I don't think we need their resources for that. Um, And give the, get them to sign up for pre authorized remittance. Um, Of course, that's how we'll take care of the money problems. Uh, Bam! Done. Uh, Wait, wait. Seems the confidence wears off here. Uh, If all else fails, uh, close the church, uh, turn the property over to head office to be sold. Well, that's pretty stark. Okay, any ideas, comments, anyone willing to be on that committee? Long, long ago, simple tales of wonder and magic bound us together. A few of us here, others over there, then again, another few. Stories fed our fears, justified our hatreds. Limited our imaginations, pushed us far apart. Our hearts lay sheltered in their creases, soothed by their well worn verses, the privilege they bestowed. We sang our songs, shared our meals, walked our sacred path, and knew that we were saved. We were saved. Or so we believed. Slow, slow, slow. It came upon us. The sensing, subtle at first, then bold as a breaching wave. Salvation does not come from somewhere else. Its story, its real story, lies folded deep within. Awaiting the strength it needs to hear, to live its telling. Long it has laid hidden in these very hearts we've sheltered like an urgent, raveled tale it now unfolds. Can we see it? Can we step beyond our limits, the self-imposed barriers we've set around our lives? Can we find the stories that live within all, that refuse to set one against another, refuse to be told in a way that pushes us apart. Can we see it? Can we live it? Long, long ago, simple tales of wonder and magic bound us together. A few of us here, others over there, then again another few, and we finally emerged. The magic of our stories, only love.
4: Hello, good morning. Uh, I just wanted to introduce Rudy. Um, Rudy Ray is a prominent trumpeteer based in Toronto, an official trumpet player for the hip hop group Wu-Tang Clan. Rudy is a part of many music projects across genres, including the Bra- Banger's Brass, Quincy Morales' Jump Crew, with which he just closed for the, uh, the event for President Barack Obama. Rudy Ray studies neurology with an active pursuit committed to engage psychotherapy in the black community. Rudy explores his versatility and passion using his unique Afro-rhythms to connect people, adding to this vibrant, multicultural community we have in the city. Next month, Rudy appears in the new Netflix show entitled Madam C.J. Walker. Please, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Rudy Ray.
5: Oh, okay. Hi everyone. (laughs) Yes. I'm going to pray three songs for you today, and I'll start with um, This is God's Glorious World.
6: something quiet about, about live streams. I thought it was really very simple as I would say. hey, sorry, I'm watching a live stream. And put it down.
3: Okay, so we're turning it over now. Okay, um, there are a couple of mics, uh, but that has. Uh, if you need more than one mic, and you can of course take this off here to use that. Okay. <laughs>
7: Hey, mm-hmm.
2: All right, so um, thank you all for having us here. I know uh, both Randell and I have been here at different points and for different things over the last few years. And we are very excited to be working with uh, all of you to bring some more art and more Scarborough into uh, the space. Like Rudy, uh, we had a great opportunity exactly a month ago today on January 23rd to uh, open for the former president of the United States, Barack Obama. And we decided, uh, since we've only done that poem publicly once, that we should do it publicly a second time. So we will share it with y'all right now. I I, want
7: to. I'm
4: a I want to I wanted to add a little context to it as well. Um, the poem is about three three generations and how we have really come to see the opportunities that were created for us, uh, given the fact that I've been mentored by Dwayne um, and then and and Thunder as well, and then just the, the intergenerations of mentorship that we've had, and then thinking about Barack uh, Obama and what he was able to to do for many. Um, many to believe uh, in in change. I don't know if you want to add anything. All right. Cool. All right. All right.
2: If hindsight is twenty twenty, here we are in twenty twenty with a clear vision of how to move forward. Because when I was growing up, and I told people my dreams, most of them laughed at me. They said, "Yeah, right. When pigs fly. When we have a black president. I guess one out of two isn't bad." When I was growing up, I didn't have a lot of role models to show me the way.
4: When I was coming up, I had a few more role models than Duane to show me the way. Stubbed my toe a few less times than him on the roads unpaved, reaching for higher feats on dilapidated streets that were anything but concrete, a foundation that proved to be obsolete and fleeting, one that never kept me grounded, rather uprooted from my truth.
2: So dream big dreams. There's far too much competition for the small ones. Have the audacity to hope for a life greater than your circumstances.
4: Because growing up in the six, when I was seven, I knew brothers and never eight, eight so they started, started carrying nine, nines, and our benchmark for success was barely a climb. Too many times I told my big dreams to small-minded people whose intentions were malign and deceitful.
2: Oh, what was that line again? Pigs. No, pigs still don't fly, but at least we've had a black president.
6: For a black boy to have an abundance of bodily fluids, to be able to peer so far into my past that I can see my future emerging, generations of change, foundations being made, no longer have to slip in mud when I can put my best foot forward in new days, or days, of dreams, ambitious, perceived, lost track of, achieved on the power of belief in the, audacity the least hope for, for better.:
4: movement. Like the rose that grew from concrete, I too had the audacity to bloom, even though my environment was built to be my tomb. See, if they knew that I was a the seed, they wouldn't have tried to bury me.:
2: Because knowledge of self is like a garden. If it is not cultivated, you cannot reap a harvest.
4: The gift, the gift that is community, community,
2: always tethered. Storms weather testing umbrellas for generations to come. Can you stand the rain?
6: I wonder if Martin's dream was always this big. And this is why everyone saw the king in him. If you first saw royalty in all of God's children, created equally, easily, understanding, understanding that growth is in too demanding. I'm standing, right now, on the shoulders of giants, with the strength of 10,000 ancestors in my backbone, and I couldn't fail if I wanted to. I'm not going to so fall like expected to when faced with the madness of adversity I've made down payments personally my
4: duties Visions of MLK staring at me So no more frustration and patience to get in antsy Dreams that once hung from the ceilings of my mind are a little easier to manifest
6: Zoom in, down
5: Often, often forgetting, forgetting that I am the one that, that I am waiting for
4: because my ancestors didn't live for my story to be written in a prison pen facing 25 to death. No, no one was, was made to be a spectator life. in life. We are all active participants in a race to fulfill our destiny. destiny. So, so when the time comes, comes, take it and, and run. Never, never let, let life catch you standing in the same place. place. Keep pushing, keep climbing, keep climbing because the success, it, it runs in my race. Thank you.
6: Thank you.
4: Thank you all. Um, glad it resonated. Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead. Glad it resonated with you guys. Uh, really, okay, beautiful. Really beautiful poem. Um, and like uh like Dwayne mentioned you know it's a, i think it's a poem that's really important to to share more often um with with groups as often as possible um i've got this short short piece that i want to share two short pieces i want to share uh this first one i want to share is really about um, some a concept i've been really uh thinking about ruminating on for a little while just in terms of legacy and what it means to leave something behind uh you know when we are no longer here and uh you know i'm just as, as a, you know, you know, just somebody who's grown up in Scarborough and seen a lot of amazing things happen in Scarborough and in the world, I often am very, I'm very inspired about what my life means to the people that I have the, the gift or the, the opportunity to touch. And so this piece is called The Dash. Um, I often question if a coffin is where my legacy is destined. A rigor mortis reflection of me Buried six feet deep in the six, my legacy, my soul, awaiting the arrival of 12 disciples and no remnants of me, no fruits of labor left for my seeds, not leaving this world better than when I came in. My name, forgotten. Not even whispered upon the lips of those my actions impacted. It's scary. I heard once that the worst thing that can happen to us when we die is not death itself. It is to be forgotten. And I cringe at the thought of my efforts lost in coffins, boxed in the same confines that caused me problems, my life, my beliefs, encrypted in tombstone, indicating the dates to and from. But I hope the dash in between represents more than just the good work I've done. My life blowing in the wind like the breath that has left my lungs, only to leave this world unfulfilled with holes in the potential that I was given. And re spinning the same cycle to my children. So when your time comes, and your soul is sent, what will the dash on your tombstone represent? Because I know too many broken people, broken to pieces they think they cannot fix. Like shattered glass, they may cut you when you try to uplift, slice the helping hands, hoping to heal the harm that's happened to them. They often hurt in silence and smile in your face today, but tomorrow you may hear of how their brokenness has escalated into acts of violence. We often judge these broken people And call them names, label them, sometimes forgetting that like flipping a coin, they too can change. But what does it really mean to be broken when it is broken people that have helped mend the world? I realize that in our brokenness is when our true lives unfurl. See, brokenness is a sign of recreation, a sign of growth. But we fear brokenness because we fear the unknown and uncertainty. But brokenness can piece our holes together perfectly, sometimes permanently. After all, if you've never known brokenness, how would you know when you were whole? If you've never been broken, then how would you measure your growth? Thank you.
5: I am hovering... Somewhere between the way the world wants me to speak and the accent my parents never wanted me to have I guess that's why I still stutter on the simplest words I don't know what I'm supposed to sound like Pieces of my past puzzle picture practically pixelated It doesn't sound right My voice gets hit with an accent tax within its own body Can someone please tell me what home feels like? I have my mother's mouth but not my mother's intonation I have my father's music sense but not his yod-grown education and I always wonder if that will be enough. I already know I don't need to be my parents. The point is to be a better fusion of the gems that crystallized over my conception. Cognitively I'm confident in what I'm composed of but my roar still fares foreigner to me and this family of lions. I feel like it's a pride that I can never have. The fluidity of fighting phonetics is lost on me because I wasn't licked and groomed by my mother's tongue. My parents opted to hide their voice in the strange new world in hopes that a predator mightier than they wouldn't be clued into their identity. And for me, they wanted the same, but I hadn't found mine yet. It hadn't entered my soul, never near, a lo- near, never near enough to ingest, but near enough to smell, and only ever around long enough to hear the pounding drum heartbeats of my warrior ancestors. At home, we are allowed, allowed to be heard. All ears are pricked and tuned into the environment. Everyone understands what you are saying. There's no shaming and language, language playing, code switching masters, and it sounds like freedom, like freedom. Oh, how I wish my parents still spoke their dark rich accent. That they didn't sacrifice who they were to be who they are. I feel like assimilation shouldn't have to be a survival tactic. What kind of environment would make lions have to hide their shame in the shade of another dialect? I could understand it. Could it reiterate a sentence to you without showing you where I come from? Because where I come from, I mean, where my family's footsteps lead back to. They were all too aware. That hiding one's true voice Was a means of survival I mean At least this far away from home Thank you
2: All right, at uh, this time I'd like to introduce Tamla Matthews, who's going to come up and tell you a little bit about what she does in the community before she uh, shares a piece with you all. So please welcome Tamla Matthews.
8: Good morning, everyone. How are you? Ooh, smiling faces. This is good. This is good. So uh, I'll try to multitask, move things along while I do this. So my name's Pamela Matthews, and uh, I'm a dancer, teacher, educator uh, here from the community. I want to say from Malvern, because that's where I kind of grew up. Um, I run a program in the community called Roots and Branches. We are 10 years old this year, and so I wanted to let you know this. And I want... Oh, okay. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. We focus on the Afro... African Caribbean dance, we focus on cultural dance, and we really focus on telling stories and making sure that our children know our heritage as Canadians, as our heritage as Black Canadians, as African Canadians, so we use cultural dance, we use music to uh, bring families together really, and just to celebrate who we are and how we are, and just to keep our identities going. So today I'm gonna do a little piece for you, uh, it's called Sleep Over My Soul. And uh, it's a mix of traditional and contemporary dance movements, and I hope you enjoy.
7: I'm The Every day, I will write Every night I will sing Every evening, I will lift my boy In my boyfriend free Oh, yeah, yeah, I got it Oh, Lord Deep over my soul i the have been I hear a voice is been from somewhere. Sweep over my door, sweep over my door. Don't run and and go and get so hot. Just sweep over my door, yeah, get down, get down. See <laughs> you Only one of creation. Yes, I have of redemption, Songs of praise and the wind. I gloom in my position in creation, in the song of the Almighty Jah. The Holy his glory, manifesting through eye for eyes. Oh Lord,
2: All right, so I'm going to try and do this poem. Hopefully I remember it, so we'll see how this goes. (laughs) Three months ago, three words sent my world into a tailspin. I must have asked him to repeat himself at least three times just to make sure that I was hearing him right, and each time he repeated the same three words, I have cancer. To this day, I'm still in shock. And every time I tried to talk with him, he was busy or probably just avoiding me. The thought of him passing has haunted me like a recurring nightmare, and there he was, opening the door to a flood of emotions and questions I couldn't find the words to ask. I was glad to still have him, but pissed at the cards that he'd been dealt. I sat in the awkward silence, growing increasingly angry with myself and my inadequacies. I wanted to tell him how much those three words had affected me, but silence was all that I had. Then like a precious artifact, slipping through a toddler's hands, he broke it shattering it with the soft tone of his voice as he said that today someone will find out that the person that they are living for is dying. And right now as we speak, there's a woman trying to find the words to tell her children that she's contracted HIV and tonight a phone receiver will hit the floor as a mother learns that her son will never return through her door. Doesn't take much for our entire lives to change. That split second when you look away to try to reach your cell phone, the electrical fire in the middle of the night, none of us knows what's next in our lives and sometimes... We just need a wake-up call to remind us of how precious every moment is. I've never felt such pride and joy in my kids. I've noticed how differently the air smells in the morning, and I've slowed down, taking time out for family and friends, because in the end, this is it. Tomorrow might be too late, and at the end of the day, life is worth more than paychecks. It's about people and experiences. So I've gone skydiving and hot-air balloon riding, placing ticks to the left and lines through the items on my bucket list. He said that those who live with hope Always die happy that he was hoping for the best, no longer taking people and things for granted. And through his own admission, he was once too much of a man to show his life. He was once too much of a man. Ah, oh, man, I
7: missed it.
2: Dude. Yeah, we're not going to finish that one, so I'm going to just do something else. bro The 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 beauty of that is that that poem is in one of my books that will be on sale afterwards. So I mean, <laughs> if you want to know how it ends, there is there is a way to find out the ending. All right. So um, last week Saturday, uh, I had the opportunity to perform at the Harbor Front Center and to do a duet performance with my daughter, and it was a full fifteen minute performance about uh gender and stuff like that and she danced and i did poetry and it was really a cool experience to um to be able to work with her i mean uh, i don't know how many of you have access to preteens; it's not really the easiest thing to get them to work with their parents uh in a any kind of productive manner but we were able to get this done so uh this is one of the poems that um she danced to and this is in another one of my books that will be on sale afterwards. So, and, and, but there's just so much happening in our world right now, especially with young people, especially around gender and stuff and shifting power and dynamics and stuff. So this is based on some of the things that she's told me about you know, her experiences of being a young girl in grade seven. When my daughter told me that she was being teased by one of the boys in her class, I couldn't help but laugh, knowing that he had picked the wrong one. A girl with a razor-sharp tongue who would sharpen her edges on a fragile ego just for fun, if provoked. I let her know that the next time he loses his mind, simply tell him, you're only doing that because you like me, but say it when he's with his friends. Watch him shrivel up like the Wicked Witch of the West, because the worst thing for a boy is to be caught having emotions that aren't anger or aggression, to be forced to be accountable for his actions and intentions, and who's teaching the boys that no means no? Not maybe, not maybe she didn't mean it, not maybe I should try again later, until boys no longer feel a sense of entitlement simply because of how they were born. I will continue to be a thorn in their sides, a parenting vigilante, okay with Me Too as a movement, but not wanting it to be a part of another generation's reality. So I've given her permission to snap at any boy who thinks that snapping bra straps is cute, to clap back at any boy who gets confused thinking that they can touch without permission or invitation, and who's teaching the boys that their unsolicited opinions are okay, Until such time that things change, I will continue to teach her to be careful Know where the exits are, yell fire instead of rape Watch your drinks, travel in groups Until such a time that boys will be boys Ceases to be used as an excuse Freeing them from taking responsibility I will continue to question Who do these boys become when they are taught that it is taboo to love, to like, to feel Every three days across this land a woman or a girl is killed 90% of the times at the hands of men who is raising the boys who grow up to be them, who is teaching the boys that rejection is just another part of life until such a time that missing a shot with a girl is treated with the same nonchalance as missing a shot in a game I will continue to teach her that pain doesn't mean I like you and to be wary of predators cloaked in affection because there are some who will seek to build themselves up using the broken pieces of your self-esteem, pieces broken with their very own hands who is teaching the boys not to use their words to have expectations for the bodies of others that they would never accept for their own to act as though they are owed simply because they are born male with no other virtues have you ever questioned who is teaching the boys yeah I get it me too thank you
3: to just keep going, right? And uh, But I do recognize that some of you will have to leave at noon, uh, so just make your way quietly out and don't be offended.
4: Okay, thanks. Um, one more time for Dwayne. <laughs> yeah, uh, this next piece uh, I wrote, um, is uh, just I'm somebody similar to Thunder actually came up and spoke a little bit on it and just similar to Thunder um, I'm somebody who my parents are are both from Ghana and when I was younger I didn't really appreciate um, my my history I didn't really appreciate my language very much so I grew up in Ghana from the age of one to six um, I was born here, but raised there from one to six. And when I came here, I spoke English, you know, better than all the other grade one students. But because I had an accent, an African accent, I was put in ESL. And uh, like the student I got, student of the month, every other month. But because of my accent, I was in ESL. And it really deterred me from wanting to speak my language, from having uh, an African tongue. And so I wrote this poem uh, just to kind of highlight uh, what that, journey was like for me and for a lot of um, African-American or African-Canadians who are kind of stripped of their tongue and uh, what the English language um, has done in in a sense. Uh, This colloquial tongue I speak is foreign to my ancestors who once spoke me into existence. I am a descendant of a bloodline that was scattered across the ocean. This once foreign tongue used to oppress me. It is this stolen tongue I now use to speak of my oppression, a language used to abuse and defy my nature, a system designed to wipe out my ancestral imprint with ignorance, a tool misused to propel the exploitations inflicted upon me, used to divide and conquer. Used in a court of law, I was then forced to honor. Laws of a stolen land are now used to govern stolen people, displaced on native soil. The English language may have colonized the borders of my tongue, but Mama Africa still lives in each breath of my lungs. Because if the ocean waves could speak, would they still remember stories of our ancestry? Do the ripple effects of colonialism still linger across the Atlantic? Have the ancestors who were once swallowed whole by its gaping mouth become one with the sea? Did the oceans make us mermaids in Atlantis? Does each tide wade like long-lost memories? Do the shores still remember the ebb and flow of darkened shackled feet? Do the shores still remember us as kings and queens? Or do the waters continue to baptize and save us in the name of colonialism? (sighs) Thanks. (laughs) <sighs> Thanks.
7: <laughs>
4: um, this uh, this next poem I have uh, just really reflecting on race and re- reflecting on. You know, just the journey of being, uh, an African Canadian male and having to navigate the system, having to navigate the world that I was, you know, put in, a world that I didn't necessarily choose to navigate, but, uh, and then living in, in housing and just all the things that, you know, came with living in Toronto community housing at the time. And so this poem is really about reflection, um, about race, about how I had to navigate the world based on, you know, um, a life I didn't choose, uh, but that was given to me. But I think like when I think about it it also reminds me, you know, race really is a social construct and it's something that we've all chosen to abide by uh, based on what white means or what black means or what brown means. And I think it's important to step back and understand that these are layers of social constructs that we've all come to adhere to and believe to be true. Um, but this is my story. Race is but a figment of our imaginations. What are we chasing, mental enslavement? Imagine if we open up our third eyes and seen past the faces, past too many colored lines of segregation. It wouldn't matter if you read the signs or blew your chance, you're still the matrix. The color of my skin does not define who I am. My ancestors fought for this land so I could stand. See, those in power, no knowledge itself can divide up their plans. That's why the education system won't teach us about ourselves. I think it's a scam. They teach us how to work for wage, but not how to manage or invest. The Industrial Revolution made us economic slaves. That's why they take credit for cashing our checks. But we still got to live our lives right until we have nothing left. Because see, money, money is not the root of all evil. The addiction to it is. And they're commercializing childhood and selling materialism to the kids, teaching them to be consumers before they learn to plan a seed into their future. In my neighborhood, we grew up thinking that material in my neighborhood, we grew up thinking that happiness was found in material possessions. And a couple of my friends grew up thinking that the solutions to their problems were found in automatic weapons. See, bullets had mothers stressing, and fear had us guessing. Until I learned to tap into my spirit to find the answers to my questions. Because, see, we are all reflections of one another. You are my reflection. You are my reflection. You are my reflection. We are all reflections of one another. Conceived, the Eve, the Adam, was able to walk without a king. So now ask yourself... What is love without pain? What is pain without love? What is love without pain? Because in the neglected, stained elevators, roach-infested apartments, boxed in neighborhood I once called home, see, nine out of 10 of my friends grew up without real men, so the cycle never ends. Never knew our family trees because apparently black fathers branch out and leave. See, it's in our roots. Looking at our anger, it's proof. We're the footprints of our forefathers' issues because our ancestors never fought to become free blacks. They simply fought to be free. We've lost touch with the roots of our family trees, our natural identities, and I am tired. Tired of trying to make sense out of life when our communities need change. See, these bills and laws are being passed every day. We've built the walls, but are boxed in like Cassius clay. See, our ancestors are spinning counterclockwise in their graves we have been sentenced to marginalized bars of stagnance, and we barely turn the page. Some of us are still cotton-picking, materialistic and closed-minded. We are sagging our jeans. It's in our jeans because sagging, spelled backwards, is... So go figure that the finger on the trigger is another brother brushed off from the canvas of the bigger picture. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Uh, Similar to Dwayne, uh, I also brought a copy of my my book today. Um, it's called "I'm Not My Struggles," and uh, I think these poems that I just shared the second time are are in there as well. So, time wise, I mean, I'm I'm good with poetry. Thunder, you got something else? Are you good? You solid? You are straight? Okay.
3: I was thinking about Mark if if we just. Ha- Asked you a few questions about your, the source of your inspiration and the work that you do. I know some people will have seen your work, uh, on the, the pass from Scarborough Town Center to the transit terminal during Nuit Blanche last year. Or it was up for some time, I think. Uh, Dwayne was one of the people in one of those pictures, I believe. Um, but just, you know, what inspires you and, and why do you keep going and, and why is it okay for me to wear a stay woke t-shirt, which I asked you about?
4: If I may, I want to I wanna interview Mark, if I may. There's certain questions I want to ask him, um, especially because we don't have any art to see today. So, um. <laughs> so yeah, Mark, you know, the, the work you've been doing uh, for the last 20 plus years has really been rooted in uh, a lot about identity, a lot about history and legacy. And I, I, I want to ask, what, it, what, what inspired you to get, to initially get involved in the art that you do as a visual communicator, but also what, what keeps you going to tell these stories and tell these narratives?
9: That's a very good question, Randall. Um, good afternoon. I do apologize for not bringing any art, but um, we all have a work of art in the space that we are in right now. Get on your head. Yeah, I have to think of something. But um, what inspires me is community. I think it's very important that we all have an interesting story that needs to be told. And we all have the ability to express that through spoken word, uh, through visual art, through dance, through writing, um, through music. And um, if you can kind of just pull those together and bring to a space of love and nurture that, and preserve those stories, because I think that we all have stories that need to be left behind. And those can be our blueprints for the next generations to follow. So I'm an advocate for that, and I share that. And I'm a service to that when it comes to the youth. Um, it's important, it's imperative that we need to do that. Um, like Randy said, there's two things that are guaranteed. That's our birth and our death. It's that dash in between. What is it that we do to preserve our legacy? And that's my job, is to do that. I hope that answers your question there. No. Yeah, okay. Uh My my second question
4: I I want to ask you uh, is really about the piece that you created uh, here in Scarborough because there's a lot of people that uh, live here in Scarborough or were raised here in Scarborough. Um, but the piece you created, uh, the Kings and Queens of Scarborough, uh, can you talk a little bit about that inspiration and you know someone who's grown up in Scarborough, what that meant to you to be at Scarborough Town Center during the yeah, launched Definitely. Um.
9: Show of hands, have always been to the Scarborough Town Center. I think the majority of all of us have been to the Scarborough Town Center. So it's a staple point for all of us. Who's, it's like our hub. It's like our, it's like our heart. And I felt that to kind of commemorate community, it would be a great place to actually showcase that. And kind of gets, tell interesting stories through who's made an impact and the relationships that I have with particular subject matters that I worked with, like with Dwayne. Um, there was Dwayne Nazario, a TFC soccer player. There was um, Mitzi Hunter, also a person that I actually documented. But the best thing behind documenting them, I also used the Scarborough Mirror, that community of that newspaper. I, when I was a little kid, I used to deliver that through house to house. as one of my first jobs. And I thought just to be in that newspaper as going to college or in high school and having your name Indicated, and there was a big thing before there was Facebook or I'm dating myself, like the rest of all, of it, but it was that moment. I know,
7: <laughs>
9: but um, it was a great moment to actually incorporate news articles and tying the people as a subject matter behind that. And I think for me, it's like, how do you impact people in the right way? And I thought that'd be a great way to show it in the mall, it was, a, it was a great kind of addition to that. I think you got one more, right?
4: I got one more, and then maybe if you if you all want to uh, ask ask Mark, then feel free. My um, I guess my next question is is for you. You've made so many different kinds of art. You know, you paint, you create prints, you uh, you know, you design logos, T-shirts, and a bunch of different things. Uh, what's what's current? What do you currently have that you recently put out, and what's next?
9: <laughs> <laughs> um. I promise you that maybe next week I will bring a piece that I am going to sh- talk about now. <laughs> and 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 the shit. Um Like we said, things are not guaranteed. I think two weeks ago uh, Kobe Bryant passed away, and um, it was a shock to all of us. And I wanted to somehow as as for what he's done for me in the way of what he's done. I wanted to kind of illustrate that. And so I'll definitely bring that in so you guys can actually get on at what I've created. Um, I thought, oh, so what was the other part of the question? What's next is um, just trying to inspire. I think for me, it's just like I have to continue to curate and um, find people who have stories that can actually kind of keep building on. Um, I'll just close off with this quote, because we love quotes, but one of my favorite ones is, um, tell me the facts and I will learn. Tell me the truth and I believe. But if you tell me a story, it'll live in my hearts forever. So I'm hoping like today and forever that we all continue to kind of tell the right story It stays in all of our hearts. All right, thank you. That's my little poetry play there, so I'm I'm good. There is one
3: piece of work that... um, Mark hasn't mentioned and that's the invitation to do some branding work for West Hill yes. and for their, whatever we create of a performing arts place here uh, and we're going to get together and talk about that.
9: It's a lot of pressure right <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't sitting in the back drinking my tea and, and taking in the moment. Mark doesn't bring his artwork I'm hearing all of my name. <laughs> oh wow. You definitely keep me in the space. I, I appreciate that. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I think we just need to sit down with that and I have not been in church for a very long time and just to be in the space is recharging. So I thank you for this because that's the one thing I've been missing for quite some time. Rudy, man you touched my soul my brother. Like it was truly really beautiful. And, and just to see how organically working with the piano it, it felt like home. It, it really did. It really did. And if we can just figure how we can kind of coexist and, and figure how we can all work together, because I think we all have the ability to actually network in the right way. And I think I'm up for that challenge. So hopefully you guys are too, right? Okay. I'm, I'm not that that with many words, but <laughs> you guys put me on the spot like this. So... I'm going to close out with that part, but I'm looking forward to moving forward. Okay, thank you. Oh.
7: Sorry, I, I sent greetings for Bernice Carnegie. Oh. Okay, so
9: Bernice, I'd asked her to come to, to meet you all and she's got another event. Bernice is busy 24 hours a day. Bernice she's Carnegie, sorry. wow. She is another person that we all need to meet. Her father is Herb Carnegie. Um, and he was probably would have been the first black hockey player before Willie O'Reed. But based on that time, it wasn't, he wasn't allowed. Um, I think Conn Smith was the general manager for the Maple Leafs and he said that I will take Herb Carnegie if only we can paint him white. Yeah. And that level of just him understanding that, it, it hurt him. Yep. And he forced him to get him, took his energy and did something else with that. And preserving his legacy through that. And those are the stories that really keeps me going. And figuring out how I can keep preserving those right stories. So thank you. And I'm going to definitely reach out to Bernice for that one. And also, Bernice is also a, a person who I illustrated in the subject matter for the Blanche. Okay.
7: Okay. Can you put that white
3: dress back on. did. let people know about the, um, <laughs> the uh, black hockey thing that was up at the Scarborough. Oh yeah, at the market. Yeah, yeah, yeah So there yeah. were some. members week i cajole you i lecture you i commend you and i invite you to go out there and make a difference and i really don't need to say that this week because you have seen the difference that is being made and it's being made not just in the hearts of the people here but in so many hearts uh, turning them toward their own story, turning them toward their own voice, turning them toward their own images of what their lives might be. And we are inspired. So go. Be the gift that someone needs. Share a story that you have to share. Tell them something that might lift them up. And may all who come to be in conversation with you in this coming week and far beyond... May they feel that deep-rooted story that lies in each one of us, and that is that we are made of love, and that is what we have to live. Go in peace.
0: Podcast from West Hill United Church, located in Scarborough, Ontario, Canada. These podcasts are made possible by the generous support of our listeners, volunteers, and members of our community. To donate, go to our website, www.westhill.net, and click on the Canada Helps button, or go to www.westhill.net forward slash donate.